good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to Ongakadi, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of February 11, 2021. I'm your host, Kent, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. A Ginky. And Gray. What's happening, dudes? Woohoo. Woohoo! How have you guys been? What have you been listening to as of late? Let's start with you, Gray. Uh, yeah, uh, mostly I've just been listening to this week's MC. Other than that, I've really just been listening to How Cali. Uh, this is like, I, it's actually been like three or four weeks since I've listened to any dice. But, it, you know, I'll get back to it eventually. Uh, also, the other day, uh, they've added a lot of not full music videos, but they've added a lot of Heisei Jump music videos to the JSTORM music channel. And I did go down the rabbit hole and listen like two or three of those, which was really awesome and made me really upset that they're still not on Apple Music so I could just kind of download and listen to them on repeat. But I mean, they are for Japan. Yeah, they, they are for Japan. I should clarify. But uh, they're not available in the States, which is where I would like them to be available. Interna- <laughs> internationally. Internationally, yes. What about you, Luna? So I also, like Gray, haven't listened to too much besides MC. I did go down the rabbit hole and listen to some older Girls' Generation, such as their first Japanese album. Their song Let It Rain and Bore to Be a Lady are like two of my favorites by them personally, especially at other Japanese music. And I actually listened to those a couple times this week and then some uh, Ailee's few, only two Japanese singles she released. And I went down that whole, the whole K-pop rabbit hole this week, besides MC. So, what about you, Ken? So, I've been down the good old Hollow Live rabbit hole because they've been preparing for their upcoming virtual concert, Bloom, which is going to happen in about a week or two. So, I've been kind of doing that. They've been doing nine straight weeks of release, and I've, I've been kind of following that for, like, the past couple of days. Uh, they also have been doing karaoke streams, and I've been really really liking all the songs they did i've been listening to fake town baby by ian square garden i I was listening to bloody stream by coda and i did not know that was a jojo song beforehand because i i don't pay attention to anime all too much unless it's bang dream but uh i was listening listening to melissa by pornocofridi then you got shout baby by a good old lovely music corner alums yokoku shoku shakai and then a new artist, her name is Ruka, with her debut song, Kudo Des. But besides that, nothing all too much from difference there. With that, let's go on to this week's topic here. And this one I knew was going to be a doozy because we always hint about talking about this for like the past couple months. But we are going to talk about the transition to digital from the Japanese music industry and we're going to talk about is it a good thing or a bad thing and a couple points here and there so great why don't you kind of go first and talk about your good things what do you think about that could happen from the transition to digital here for the Japanese music industry for international overall uh before I get into my points and counterpoints and all that I I will say I think going digital overall is better I think there's more upside than there is downside but you know some of the upside some of the downsides is pretty bad so but we'll, we'll get into it uh but one of the good things that i i think about digital the first thing that i think of is convenience because i you know i remember high school i remember you know dragging cds to school dragging cd cases in my book bag and listening to them listening to the cd player making certain that thing never that's it stayed level the whole time because if it bounced or bumped you know your song would skip and just you're you're always limited by what you could carry and the technology and when you know the ipod came around like that really revolutionized things like well now you can carry 90 discs on you at once and you don't have to worry about traveling with all these different jewel uh, cd cases and so not that like i like listening to cds and everything but i i do think like digital and the quality of the mp3 is 
pretty good. Like I can noticeably hear the difference in like my digital, the digital versions of some of the songs that I have, as opposed to the CD recorded version. Like I hear a drastic difference, and I think it, the clarity and it's just way better for the digital. I think but, audio audio files will disagree with you there, but well, and and I'm no so like I I haven't listened. It's been I went like ten years without listening to a CD, and I only have a couple, so it, I could be wrong. But that that to me is just one of the th- things, and also it's just easier there's a it's it's way easier to find artists at your fingertips that 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 to me just is really awesome there's a lot of groups i wouldn't have discovered if they weren't digital just being honest groups like lol groups like dice you know like i uh so you're you're going to the caveat of digital streaming so well yeah yeah Yeah. i I mean digital could also just mean trend converting the cds to what the ipod what you were saying earlier but yes yeah so but you yeah. need digital streaming <laughs> yeah yeah digital is is a big term it means a lot so yeah and, so and that, for, that's for for music especially because we have to clarify this because on the orcon it clarifies it yes so we we got to be straight about that <laughs> Thank you, bud, for uh, keeping me straight, because I don't want to be confusing for the listener either. So, Luna, why don't you go with your good points here? Okay, so I'm going to state that overall, I am mixed. I do think, as of right now, it is a good thing digital-wise, and I'm going to state more on the long lines of digital streaming than anything just because i don't think cd should go away physically i think that should always be an option for collectors however i do think overall i agree with digital more so streaming and like digital singles that type of thing being available digitally and i'll state why is one I think it can raise an artist popularly both in their local market and in the international market just because it's more easily available. And that way, like, for example, I'm going to use this Apple Music for streaming wise. It's very easy to discover new artists that way. And not to mention, even if you're not just doing Apple Music and you're buying it like on iTunes you can still sample the songs and sample artists before you purchase them and with CDs when record stores were around and prominent you did have that option when they had certain ones on display and I know Japan you still have that option but internationally not all countries have that option anymore and if you go into stores most of them don't even have CDs anymore so I mean I I do think digital is a great way to get you gravitate you to try something new and you know before you mainly to rely on the radio or just looking at a cover an album and thinking oh will this be good or not at least digital streaming or sampling things on itunes you at least get an idea of that and youtube is also there as well if there is a music video for it or now youtube has its own music but that's another thing. And this goes at Spotify as well in the streaming aspect of it. So that's like my main thing is you can you sample it before you buy it. And you can either buy it digitally or you could buy it physically. I mean, that option's there. Or you can just stream it if you don't want to buy it. So I think that di- digital offers several options for you. And I think that is a big plus for it. And pretty much that most of my points go hand in hand with those is Apple Music gives you the recommendation. Spotify does as well. A lot of them have dedicated like radio stations that you can listen to for genre. So you can just find a radio station or someone's playlist they created and listen to random artists and find someone you like. You know, we did have variety mixes back in the day, but it was usually more popular songs. This way you have that option to actually stream such a variety of things right now. I mean, not just Japanese music, but anything all over the world. And I think that's the biggest thing about having digital streaming and digital music available for purchase is there's more of an international option. 
available. And I'm going to say most because not everything is. And I also think it's good for the artist, not just the fans, because it gives them exposure and it gives them the means to put their music out there. There's a lot of indie artists that can't afford to get CDs pressed or put out sample CDs, at least with being able to put it out on like iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, SoundCloud, any of any type of digital platform. It, they can get their name out there and they can put that music out there for the cost of just producing it and not having to do the physical option. And they can do that without having a label. That's the other thing. They don't, you, I mean, yeah, it's good to have a label, but you can at least get your music out there for people to listen to, get your name out there. And digital makes it way easier for that. With CDs, I mean, that cost that costs money to produce. It costs time to produce. So I feel like it also is beneficial for those smaller indie artists. And there's many we wouldn't have if it weren't for that. And I... So I think for that's a big deal is being able to do that. I also believe so I know this will be a counterpoint on on Gray's thing, but I actually think digital is a way that helps prevent piracy, especially I'm going to go with streaming. Because for example, you can go to Spotify and listen to music for free. And you can do that anywhere with an app. Apple Music, you pay a subscription and it's not like it's pricey, but at the same time, if you really like music, it's not that much out of your bank account. And with, I mean, and if you really like it, you can buy stuff on iTunes. But I feel like with that digital option out there, you have more abilities to do that. With, I feel like physical CDs, you can easily rip that CD and upload it and make copies of it for everyone. You can pirate so much easier having a physical copy. And that's really how a lot of people did things back then and how a lot of people shared music is they ripped the CD and uploaded it online. I feel like this the digital aspect, especially streaming, has eliminated a lot of piracy. And yes, it's still out there, especially for music that might not be available digitally or streaming. But it has really condensed that as more artists have made their music available for free. And I think that actually helps cut down on piracy. Um, but those are my main points on on that. And also there's a lot of artists that don't have physical CDs, but that also went into the other ones like Banana Lemon. And there's a lot of other indie artists we wouldn't have that don't have anything physically yet. Or took them forever well, to get Well, physically, me, internationally, let's just say. Yes. Well, even, yes, but there's a lot of artists even in Japan who don't have a physical copy. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So some stuff that's available just digitally. And I feel like it's, I mean, artists can get their name out there and I like to have it in hand because if, if, but that's just me. That goes into a different point I'm not going into yet. But sometimes digital can't you know i mean i see the good points of it yeah so i'm I'm gonna say opposite for you guys i'm technically i'm not for digital um for for me i am 60 40 physical all the way and i don't think it's a bad thing i don't think it's a good thing either but there is a lot of good things for digital streaming here First off, there's a lot of exposure for being internationally known through digital streaming with apps such as Spotify and Apple Music and and SoundCloud and stuff for that. It has the easier exposure for artists. And as you know, like the digital trends and technology is progressing, people have gone away from CD players like you were saying, Gray. And with the rise of streaming services on the rise here, it is easy to find someone pick someone up and listen to them right there and sometimes it's their entire discography which is a really really good thing and there is also a rise with digital only artists well beforehand it was Yo Al Sobi was who are only digital but you got people like Yoroshika and Eve and people who made their name through just digital streaming or the digital market overall not even including Apple Music and streaming, so stuff like YouTube and 
and things like that. I mean, that's how Yonezu Kenshi was found. It was found through her Nico Nico and stuff like that. So, but there's, there's, for me, there's a little bit about the, the bad stuff, but we'll go into that in just a little bit. So, Greg, why don't you go on what do you think is the bad things for transitioning into the digital market? Yeah, well, I had two points, but since one got debunked, I'm just going to ignore it. So, uh, for me, uh, one of the bad things that you really run into when you own digital stuff, anything digitally, the thing of it is, is uh, you never own it. Not, not like you only own the licensing rights to it, and so like you buy access to it. You don't actually buy by it, and so sometimes you do run into a situation to where your access can get restricted from something that you bought because. I know this happened to me with Scandal and we even talked about it in an episode a few years ago because I had bought a Scandal album and then they left Sony and Sony took down all their albums. Now Sony's put back up all their albums and you know everything. I've gotten back that whole collection. But they didn't have to do that. And so that's one of the problems that you can run into is you know what if the server that the, that your that the stuff that you bought goes down one day would you no longer have access to that so if like you bought something off Amazon but you only own it through the Amazon streaming service you, you no longer would have access to that something happened to Amazon and they went out of business well so, not so much the the service maybe so much the label just like what you were saying with yeah. scandal what what if yes yeah. well it would be if, both ways yeah it, it would be both ways because like like. And I know it's hard to imagine because, you know, Amazon's so big or say Apple, if Apple went away for whatever reason, anything that you bought off iTunes, if that, if the, is like, if they ever shut down those servers, you, you would lose access to that. Like yeah. you need the server in order to access it. Cause uh, yeah. I, I know, I know this is a problem that comes up a ton with video games, but yeah, it, it's still and that that to me is one of the the things that peace of mind like if something like like you were saying Ken if like the record label goes out of business or or whatnot you know if you have the physical copy of whatever you own you're going to you're always going to have access to it as long as you have something that can also play it but those that technology is really really cheap now and it's not expensive and there's a lot of places you could take stuff to if it breaks that you can get it repaired. So I, I think there is a, a medium and this is the thing that I've really tried to straddle in my personal life is the blend of owning digital and physical because I don't want to go 100% digital and I don't want to go 100 and and due to where I live and, and everything like that, I can't do everything physically either so i i I do kind of have to do a blend and stuff and i do wish i had like more physical music than what i do and i'm hoping to change that someday because i there's a lot of groups that i listen to that i would love to own like physically own like i would love to own dice's face album but i haven't bought it yet and i just been listening to it off apple music so it is it, it is something that I think like you kind of have to keep in mind uh, when you go digital uh, is, is you, you know especially if you're like pro consumer like like you want you want to make certain like you if you're an artist you want your art to live in perpetuity forever you don't want to put out something and then you know something happens one day and no longer and people can no longer access your music or what you create so that that to me would be a nightmare so that that's something like you do have to keep in mind if you go digital and what about you Luna? I have a couple things on mine and mine pings off what Grace said because with a lot of artists not a lot of music can be taken off at any time and that is very true and not only that is a lot of older artists are not available especially internationally but also in Japan as well and it's mainly due to I will say record label. Like, if they leave a label, for example, go from Sony to AVEX, their Sony stuff won't be attached to them. It's removed. And Mayjay is a great example of that two of her Sony albums are not on there. 
And until you know, you can't get her stuff, Jonkri, none of her Sony stuff is available. And I doubt a lot of it will ever be put back on there. And that's the chance you take with digital is you will have to resort to getting physical copies because if an artist decides to or a label either one decides to terminate a contract i mean that record label can take their music off so and you don't own it like gray said not owning it you can't really say anything against it i mean yeah you might have purchased it off there but you don't really own it you know and with streaming you don't own it at all and not to mention the artists who've retired or leave a label i mean there's a good chance you're not going to find their music on there. Yes, there's some, like, Avix is very good about leaving a lot of artists' music on there, and I commend them for that. But there's a lot of other labels who don't do that, and that's one of the bad things. Also, a lot of things aren't available internationally or just in general. I will say in regards to streaming and digital... And I also, for me, so I dabble in both like Ken. I love my CDs. I collect them. And it's, for me, I I am 50-50 on it because I like the convenience of digital, but I like having them physically because there's a good chance a lot of the artists I like are not available. Their, the music I have is not available digitally. And I would like it to be. You know, it'd be nice to listen to on my phone, but when I'm in my car, I like having the physical CDs. I will say having music on your phone and then trying to hook it up in your car is very, very dangerous. So I will say that's also a very bad thing is people rely on their device so much to listen to music. And when they lose it, you know, you're really at a loss. Um, The other thing is I will say it's not the same quality wise. And I mean, if you're, when I like to listen to music, I do like to listen to one of the, like it in a a good environment. I like it blaring loud or in headphones where you can really hear it. And I will say like vinyl is the best way to listen to it. However, I mean, CDs have come a long way with Japan has a specific type of CD, the blue specs that have superior audio, audio quality. And you can really hear that if you play that on a stereo. Yeah, the or blue in your car. In there, the mini, the mini disc ones. So, yeah, and that's a big thing for me. Like, yeah, there's a convenience of having it on your phone, but if you're an audiophile, like, you really want to hear everything and enjoy it. And I feel like, in a way, your phone takes that away from you. And I mean, yes, you can stream it to speakers, but is it really the same? You know, so that's kind of like my bad, and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're an audiophile, it is, and I'm. I, I oh was, yeah, yeah, and I'm not a complete say, audiophile. Let, but... Let's just say this much: I told Renford that I was going to buy a vinyl, a vinyl player that will do blue, Bluetooth speakers. When I said that, he slapped me because he goes, "If you ever do that to music, I will disown you as a friend." So, yeah, there is a different if you bluetooth it or you stream it there is a subtle difference especially if you're an audiophile yeah and like having it we have a full out stereo with a vinyl record player hooked up with a five cd dust changer and speakers wired in i mean this and it's it's an own kill and i mean you can hear the difference between when you stream it and when i put that cd in and put it on those speakers I mean, it is an amazing difference. So I will say that, and I'm not really a big audiophile, but I do understand that that is a big miss for a lot of people. And I I can see that easily. But I mean, for me, it's just, I will say digital isn't forever. I'm not saying CDs last forever either, but I mean, digital things can just go away like that. Yeah, but if you do take the time and really take care of your CD collection, they can last for an exceedingly long time. Yes. Yeah, they can, yes. but there is such a thing as CD rot, unfortunately. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I have had that with DVDs. I've had DVD rot, and let's just say that's the biggest paranoia in the world because I've lost a lot of things. I've lost things. But, I mean, 
you know, in CDs, you can drop them, break, they get scratched, yada, yada. But I, I'm one of those people who takes very good care of things. But like for the bad things for me, it's like I always say digital's not forever. And it really isn't. Things can come and go so easily on there versus if I at least own that CD and I love it enough, I can listen to it anytime I want. So I'm going to hit on a couple things that you said, uh, Greg, here. Well, I'm going to take your point because I want to go a little bit on it. So, yeah, you're, you're going to have to talk about piracy. Piracy is going to be, be a big thing, but that's much bigger internationally here because of the things with torrent and things like that. It's not going to run so much with digital, but it runs throughout both markets, physical and digital. But it is a big thing. Piracy is a very very big thing especially with japan there's a reason why japan has their cds so high it's because people used to pirate the hell out of it so they they have markets like sutaya that is basically a rental that you just for the most part you're not doing it to buy the cd you're doing it to rent the cd burn it to whatever system you have and return it back so piracy and then sometimes they upload it to like pirating sites so piracy is a, such a huge thing in japan as of late so there there there's many sites many big sites that is specifically just all digital stuff that you can get and it is harder with digital to try and pirate it especially like with the itunes stuff but it's not impossible with the right set of tools <laughs> either <laughs> Yeah, and and t- like the the people that do pirate, they they have that mindset that you know it doesn't matter what what you do. Like if th- they decide that they're going to pirate it, they're going to do it, and they know that there's a market for it too. So it, it's just yeah. one of those things. Like you're you're never going to be able to one hundred percent get rid of it. You can only no, try they're... to mitigate it. Yeah, there's only there's going to be those people who always want something for free and refuse to pay for it. So there's always going to be a market for piracy, unfortunately. <laughs> so, yeah, for me on the bad side, I like having a collection, me personally. But as you were saying, Luna, running with an older artist, you might not have their entire discography for an entire artist and it's unfortunate especially when they change labels that unfortunately don't play well with international markets they might not have those songs available and one of the things is even if they do release stuff digitally in a case of odyssey and akb with their older tracks you're only getting the A-side track and nothing more. You're not getting the B-side track, especially for Odyssey's ones. Their older singles, they included, if you bought them, they include bonus tracks that included commentaries and stuff that you could listen to be about them. And it, There's a lot of things that is very... that they just do a half set with digital, and that's just how Japan is handling it. I'm not going to go on a rant here about how they should handle it, but how they are handling it right now, especially with their older artists, is a very big slap in the face, in my opinion. But you also run the thing where they tried to do something special for for audiophiles. Like, you get people that release cassette tapes and and vinyl and stuff like that as well, just to have the true audio stuff. And you got stuff like Sucking in Action. They released a, a mini-disc. They went to a guy that does only mini-disc press, and they asked them, we want this song to have that 80s feel. And it does. It's probably one of the best sounding singles I ever had. But there, there's a lot of interesting things that for for digital that you lose when you don't have that physical market. And also, I'll add to that, the collector's part of it that comes with some of those CDs. I mean, a lot of them come with bonuses, like you said, with extra tracks. And some of them could come with a DVD or Blu-ray with something too. You lose that digitally because that market might not have any of those options available, not just the physical characteristics of like a really cool packaging, but you also lose like the extras that CD or DVD Blu-ray come with. Let's just say this much. In a case of Bang Dream, 
the only reason why I buy Bang Dream stuff physically, not only just to support them, it's because this is the only time that I'm going to get these Blu-rays for their concerts because they don't have their concerts available as a separate release. They use it for the special editions or the limited editions. And it's irritating, but it is what it is. So that entices for physical buyers. If you get rid of that, I don't know how Bushy Road or any other labels that have a smaller market for Blu-rays and DVDs are going to sell them. Yes, I, I agree. I I actually buy a lot of releases with because of that bonus disc. And there are many artists like Millet's Blu-ray came with a concert. Are you going to be able to see that on YouTube? No, not likely. So having that extra bonus with things, I feel like is a great enticement for a physical release because you get something that will not be available streaming or digitally in general. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I agree. I don't have much to add, but I do agree with the points that you two are making. But yeah, I mean, this is just a small slice of what we think about, you know, if the transition for digital is going to be a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, overall... It is a good thing for international markets, don't get me wrong about that, but it's something that we'll probably need to also come back to again near the end because I think we should see how Japan changes their minds with the digital market because over the past two years that we've been covering it, they've changed significantly. Um, so I was going to say they have changed quite significantly and I'm curious to see how this will not only affect what comes out digitally, but how it will affect the physical releases. And I mean, you can tell over the years that singles have really dwindled like physical singles for a lot of artists and many have gone that digital single route and then just done albums physically. So I'm curious how far this will take it with certain artists who still release physical singles, how it'll affect them, and also how it will affect releases. And I'm just going to use Korea as an example of they started going digitally before Japan did. And how they've marketed a lot of releases are digital only, and even if they, and not a lot of them make it to albums. And it's very interesting how their market has done when they went that switch. And I will say CDs have been way more limited since they've done that too. So I would like to see how Japan does by the end of the year and see how this market starts to shift in general and which direction they'll go. Well, well, no, I was, my, my, my point was just like over the just personal experience of us doing the show. Cause I remember when we started, I I wanted to listen to more Daichi Miura, but he wasn't on Apple Music. He wasn't on iTunes. And so I personally had to look up his music videos on YouTube. And I, I remember I would listen to It's the Right Time on, like I would replay the video over and over and over again because I loved that song, but I didn't have it on my phone. I couldn't just play it. And so, I so and now they his whole discography is on Apple Music. You can listen to any song that he's recorded over his career. It's all there. And and that that to me is like really awesome and, and just like that personal anecdotal of our experience of when we started and to where we are today is it's just a nine day difference. And and I, I I really love that change because it's just it's made discovering artists so much easier and I really personally enjoy it. But yeah, I guess this is a thing that we should revisit near the end of the year just to kind of see if things changed or not. Because who knows? Because another record label could go digital internationally and that might be big for us. So that's one thing we can come back to at the end of the year. Yeah, I completely agree, and I'm very curious to see where this will go. I, I also agree. I think this will be a very fascinating thing to keep our eyes on. With that, let's continue on to this week's Music Corner here. And this week I have the reins, and we'll introduce you guys to the lovely vocalist of Natsu Summer. She is a vocalist who appeared on the scene back in 2016, who is from Ehime, the southern part of region of Shikoku. Growing up listening to the genre of city pop and reggae, she takes on the interesting genre blend of both. 
And she adventured towards the Blend, mostly because of her childhood, who, you know, she used to live by the sea, being from Shikoku. And she wanted to create a national composition and lyrics as a style for listeners who love music and nature. So it's it's very interesting that you guys can kind of hear that with a lot of her tracks. While it might seem that both genres would clash against each other, the new twist is fairly refreshing and is very unique for listeners of all ages. It's very easygoing, ragged composition mixed with her city pot soothing style vocals is something that entices the listeners and just keeps coming, continuing on to their next track. Tropical Christmas and Koi no Timing is just a couple of the examples that maintain that well-balanced act of what Natsu Summer does for her songs, and just the right amount of synthesizer and mixed with the keyboard sets the stage of her music style and her tone that she brought towards the industry. There's also a couple songs that I absolutely love as well. You got Anokoro Pull Side Day, which just is just straight reggae. You got a lot of the Summer Eclipse, which is more of a city pop style. I ended up loving Summer Riviera is also really, really good off her Hello Future Day album. It's just absolutely from phenomenal and i've i've actually really really liked it but how did you guys li- listen to it because i was very interested to hear what you guys had to say about this artist let's start with you gray uh yeah no i wound up really digging her overall i felt like she has really great song compositions and great vocals and i know me historically when you do like more chill artists and stuff i, I struggle to like them but i think she does a really good blend and balance. And even though it is a little bit more laid back, it's a little bit more chill. I don't find it boring. I find it very interesting and really kind of just fun to listen to overall. I really wound up digging her style. My favorite song that of hers that I personally enjoyed was Night Shadow. I, I just love that song. I love the feel of that song. That I love the trumpets in that song. It's just really her best song in my opinion. But the whole... Her whole second album, Natsu uh, Summer and Dove Sensation, is really good. Her first album, uh, or her third album, Hayama Nights, was fantastic as well. And her Hello Future Day album was also really good. And it, it's really hard to suggest like uh, one or two songs because, I mean, you can pick any song and you're going to find something about it that you like that's enjoyable. But. Like I said, I am personally my personal favorite was Night Shadow. So I did. I really wound up digging and loving her, and I really thoroughly enjoyed my time with her. She made my day yesterday go by so so well. You have no idea, and I, I just really dug listening to her. And Night Shadow is located on her Natsu Summer and Dub Sensation mini album. So I actually, Ken introduced me to her last week, actually early last week. And I've been listening to her since. And I absolutely fell in love with Natsu Summer and really getting into her discography because it's very chill. Tropical Christmas was one of my favorites because it just so right now we have a whole bunch of snow and ice. And it was just a really soothing song to listen to and just had this nice beat to it. And I also loved her Atama Atami dub. And it was the remix that's included on her Tropical Winter EP. I thought that was fantastic. But one of my favorite ones was actually Tadi Nai, Urban City Mix. And I loved Tadi Nai when I heard it, but the Urban City Mix is just freaking amazing. And I know Cool Down is the recommended track on there, which is great. But just check out the whole single. But Toddy Night Urban City Mix just has this nice, cool mixture to it. A great beat. I just love her blend. And I will say, uh, like Ken said, Summer Riviera is fantastic. And on Hayama Nights, her one of her newest ones, I absolutely love Kokoro Karasuki. That was the first song I just absolutely fell over love and heels with it just is it's just i don't know it's something just drew me into it and i just kept getting lost in kokoro karasuki and i just kept listening to it over and over and i also liked futari no kanke as well but i mean 
as a whole, I mean, she has just been so pleasant and so nice and so relaxing to listen to. And I have just can't get enough of it. And Long Hot Summer and Old School Surfer from Natsu Summer and Dub Sensation are also fantastic. Yeah, so currently Natsu Summer has two singles, Cool Down and Time Distance, along with two EPs, Natsu 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 and Tropical Winter, both were which was released in 2016. She also has three mini albums, Hello Future Days in 2017, Natsu Summer and Dub Sensation in 2018, and Hayama Nights in 2020. So you can check out all the information about this on our site, including her official website, Twitter, and the music video for the song Koi No Timing on our site as well. I'm so glad that you guys really liked it. I've been kind of was shuddering the thought about introducing her, mostly because I know the kind of artist she is. And especially with you, Gray, it's really hard to introduce an artist. <laughs> it's a 50-50 yeah. chance here. <laughs> I, I, I know I'm the pickiest person here. And, and I try really, really, every time we do the show, every time we approach an artist, I try to be very open-minded. Uh, but I, I do have very particular tastes, and I, I but I try to be, stay as open-minded as humanly possible every time we tackle stuff. But I did really wound up enjoying her, and I, uh, I thank you, Ken, for uh, letting me spend time with her this week. It was a, uh, it was an honest blessing. I say thank you so much, Ken, for introducing her. I am going to be listening to her probably for weeks to come. She has just been a breath of fresh air. And just has the most magnificent style of music. But yeah, uh, let's continue on to this week's Oricon here. And oh boy, this was a very interesting week for me and you, Gray, because nothing really changed except number one. Do we have to? Do we have to? Yeah, so with that, let's continue on to number 10 here. And it's going to be Kai Kai Kitano by Eve. And nothing much we can say here. I'm, this week it sold that lovely 23,990 points. And going on up to number 9 is Kaibutsu by Yoao Sobi. Nothing much we can say here as well, I believe. And this week it sold a lovely 27,319 points. Then continuing on up to n- number 8, it is Homura by Lisa. I'm still keeping on here at 29,593 points. Then continuing on up to number 7, it is Step and a Step by Niju. This week, it sold the lovely 31,340 points. Going on up to number 6, it is Yoru ni Kakeru by Yoel. So we just dipped a little bit here. And this week, it sold the lovely 37,090 points. And continuing on up to number 5, it is Dynamite by BTS. So, good for them. This week it sold a lovely 37,170 points. Going on up to number 4, it is Boku wa Boku o Tsukini Naru by Nogizaka46. Now Luna, this is going to be the first time that you were introduced to this song. What did you think about it? So, I thought it was okay. I mean, I know I haven't listened to Nogizaka46 in a while and this is their really first one since... My Shiraishi left. And I know we had talked about, well, you know, how it was going to be because My Shiraishi was one of the, you know, I mean, she was kind of holding them together. So for Bokuwa, Bokuo Sukinaru, it, it was like, I liked it. It was like, an, it was kind of nice, but at the same time, it also felt very generic and forgettable. I mean, I thought the girls harmonized well, and it just you know had a decent melody. I mean, it's the only my biggest issue with it is I'm just gonna forget about it, and next week it's just gonna be out of my mind, and that's my biggest thing. And I mean, not that I I, I feel like I say this about every idol song anyway, though. So that's. I will say, I mean, it's not bad, but I'm also going to let it slide and kind of see what else Nogizaka46 will do. I did happen to listen to the whole special edition of Bukuwa Buku Sukini Naru, and I actually thought Out of the Blue was better than 
bleeding track. However, we'll see what happens in the future. I mean, I'm a little bit nicer to this when I initially heard it because of something else we'll talk about. But it was... I'm just going to state my, it's one of those very generic idol songs. Yeah, regardless, Boku wa Boku Suki ni Naru, so the lovely 44,797 points here. Going on up to number three is Dry Flower by Yudi. I mean, his his rise has been really interesting to look at. Once again, Dry Flower isn't a personal favorite of mine, but it is what it is. This week, it's the lovely 45,011 points here. Going on up to number two, it is Uwase wa by Aldo. Very interesting because of this track. But this week, it's the lovely 48,378 points. And, oh boy, going on up to number one, it is Koyochi Flag by SKE48. Now, Gray, what did you think about this song? Uh, the song can go burn. I, I genuinely despise the song. Uh, Koyochi Flag is... I, there, there's no words to describe how bad the song is. It is just grating. It's just noise. It just eats at your soul. I hated every minute second of this four and a half minute song. I mean, just... There are so many problems I have with it. One, this is Jirina's graduation song. And unless you're in the know, you wouldn't know it. I, I mean, it doesn't feel memorable. It doesn't feel... It's memorable, but for the wrong reasons. Like, there's nothing, like, nostalgic about it or, like, saying, like, goodbye or something. Like, it's, like, tonally, it's just not what I was expecting for a graduation song. This is a very much a high-energy cutesy song. I didn't. I just did not like it at all, and I feel like Jarena deserves better. And I, I think anyone who leaves the SKE48, no matter who they are, deserves better than this song to be their graduation song. It is so bad, and it is memorable. You're not going to forget the song, but it's going to stick in your head for all the wrong reasons. It is not good. It's not catchy. It's not even a fun song to listen to that just sweeps you up in it. It is just a song that grades on your nerves. It, like two minutes in, I, I was like, why is this song still on? It is just drove me up a wall. It, it made me, I listened to this last night before I went to bed and it just made me mad. And I stayed up for an extra 30 minutes and I was really upset with this. It, it I'm not going to say it ruined my night, but it, it put a dent in it to, to easily say it. I, I hated this song, and after this, I never want to hear it again. So, I'll go next. So, Koichi Furagu was not what I expected. As soon as that opening hits, it's very jarring, and it threw me off, and my initial reaction was, what the am I listening to? Especially after that jarring opening, it just goes into the usual generic idol, happy-go-lucky type of song. And th- and I think it's that whole opening that really puts a sour taste in your mouth. Plus the rest of the song, one, it doesn't go too well together, too. It just is not a way to send off someone, especially Jarena and... It's a very, I didn't even realize it was a send-off song. It does not sound like one. When you listen to it, it just sounds like your regular, let's just throw this out for the numbers type of thing. And when I did find out it was a send-off song, it put even more of a bitter taste in my mouth. Just because it doesn't feel like one. You don't feel any emotions toward it. You don't feel anything. You just are like looking at the time. Is it over yet? And you shouldn't feel that way about a song. And I know I'm not the biggest idol person, but this is why I actually thought that Nogizaka 46 song was decent compared to uh, Koyochi Furagu because it just, just hearing this was extremely, mm, no, no, they, not good. So, which, which song did you guys hate more? This or frustration? Oh, 
Oh, I was thinking about that. I couldn't remember the name of that song. I absolutely hate it. And it, I will say Frustration. I still hate that song. Easily this. That was a hot mess. Frustration was bad, but th- this is, to me, this is the low. Like, they, they'd have to, I'm not going to say this is the lowest they will ever be, but they would have to actively work at sucking to get worse than this song. As, as my personal opinion, like they, they literally have to strive like, oh, we need to write worse music uh, in order to drop something that is worse than this trash. And I think for me, a lot of my, my personal animosity towards this, what would probably be a fairly generic song is the fact that this was Jarena's send off. And, and you get this pile of trash. And not only that, but this song was delayed. This song was supposed to come out last year. And no, 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 no. It comes out now. I'm like, like, I I know that they wanted this to be like a big because it's Jarena, and and I I guess my my fault was my expectations were too high because again Jarena is like the last big name that they have. And they wanted to well, make the- a big deal about this song, so I was expecting big things, and I, I what we got was this. It's just nah. What's funny is between the. Between the three of us, I think I'm the only person that actually seemingly likes this song. I'm not going to say it's my favorite song, though, by the It's still really bad, in my personal personal opinion. But I, I have no idea what you guys are talking about, saying that this is garbage. I mean, sure, the beginning intro is very jarring, and there is a rap part midway that I kind of don't agree with. But this is... This is standard SKE, in my opinion. I So, I I think it's, like you said, it's the jarring beginning, and it's the rap part that really throws me off for it. But I, I still think Frustration is a way worse song. I'm still sticking with that, because that song still... I can't even listen to it. I cringe. This one, I actually did manage to get through, and I didn't mind some of it. But I really just... It was... You know, that opening and the rap that did throw me a new one. Um, I think the more sour taste for me was that it's Drina's send-off song than anything. But I do... I mean, there are SKE songs, though, that are so much better. I mean, but then again, I only really like one song by them, and that's it. I like Mushiki Naido, and that is the only song by them I've ever really fallen in love with. And maybe Synchronicity. Oh, wait, that's Nogisaka 46. Never mind. Yeah, that was Nogisaka 46. <laughs> so I'm just going to say Mushiki Naido is the only SKE single I bought. And it's the only one I actually really like. So for me, I really don't care for them anyway. So I'm just going to say that much in general. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 liked, I liked them. And I, I have stood up for this group at times when nobody else would. But... I, to to me, like they they slowly have just been on this downward slope, especially it's I think frustration was really like the tipping point, and they've just been on this downward decline ever since. And I, I I don't know if they'll ever come back up, or if they're just gonna be like the same level that we saw today. And and I and I come from the position of wanting better, because I did I I did I like them and I mean I don't think they're reinventing the wheel or anything like that but you know I really enjoyed a lot of their songs, and for them to just come up and ever since frustration just be this group that just I I want to like more than what I do but I just. That- that turns it out for the most yeah. part because I'm pretty yeah. sure that we weren't really a fan of Soyu Koto Aruyone, which was, you know, Suda Akadi's single. So I remember we weren't really loving that one all too much as well. No. Yeah, that one was that one was not super hot either. You you are correct. So personally, I hate that song more than, <laughs> but you know. In the case, because like for me, I am a, I am a fair weather fan here. So, and seeing Judy, not like like literally, she's like a daughter in my eyes, be, or like a little sister, because I saw her when she joined this group, when she, 
I should say Matsui Judina because we've just been saying Judina this entire time. There's a lot of Judinas in this group. <laughs> Matsui that, that's Judina. also true. <laughs> so, you know, I've watched her when she joined the group back when she was just 13, 14 years old. And that was years ago. <laughs> so, and just to see her grow up throughout all the lovely phases of the 48 family and what they tried to do to keep prevalent, so to speak, has been very interesting. And whatever she does after this, I have no idea what she's doing. She has her own YouTube channel. But you are right. This this is a very flat graduation song. And I, I, I don't think they have... They haven't had a great graduation song in a while in my personal opinion regardless and this single didn't sell all too well either but and that tells you something i told you guys when the 48 went they're gonna lose judina this was probably gonna be it so regardless clay og flag sold a a wonderful 191,209 points here and with that let's just take a slight peek here at all the lovely albums here. Nothing too much out of the ordinary. You got Ina the N, who is from the lovely Bish, with her breakout solo album The End, and they've been hyping the hell out of this. I'm not too surprised that it's on here. Idol of You by Super Beaver is at number two, and Live Loud by the Yellow Monkey. Oh, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> at n number one here. But with that. I want to say thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Mungakudu. You can find us on all social media platforms at Twitter and Instagram at Mungakudu. You can find us the website at Mungakudu.com. You can also find our affiliates, Koryu Hunter, who is a variety streamer and partner for Twitch. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out our affiliate, Timber Taff, who is a variety streamer as well. He just finished playing good old Glover, which me and Kyo bullied him into playing. He was having a grand old time with that. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash TimberTaff, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out Fangirl Has No Name, who is a variety streamer and is very in with the Zelda community. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E You can also check out your sister Luna. Rose, who has been doing a lot of very interesting things for Monster Hunter and getting ready for that. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y You can also check out the episode or the podcast that I do with Kill Timber and Fangirl called Potasaurus. This week we had a wonderful, amazing episode talking about how story narratives ru ruins games occasionally, how VR is going to be the next big thing, and kind of ramping up and planning for the future for our channels. You can check that out by looking up Cory Hunter, same as his Twitch handle, on all podcast streaming services you can follow me at otyken1 where i talk about bang dream aina aiba roboco hell robo and bang dream where can we find you gray you can find me on twitter at ongaku gray where i tweet about what i'm watching what i'm listening what i'm playing to all that fun jazz I've, i'm through with common writer uh, like i'm still watching common writer saver but my journey through the heisei era has officially ended and so I'm trying to figure out like what my next project's going to be. I've got a lot going on in my personal life, so I've not really started anything yet, but whenever Persona I Persona 5 Royale. Yeah, I do that need to do be that. That, <laughs> that. That is on my short list of things to do. So, yes, but you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Ongaku Gray. And where can we find you, Luna? You can find me on several platforms such as Letterboxd, my anime list, Anime Planet and Twitter at LunaMaria87 and Nerdy Collector Luna on Instagram. There you can see what I've recently purchased, what I'm watching, and the downhole spiral of Attack on Titan that I went through. I need to post about that. 
So stay tuned. But yeah, I want to say once again, thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Ungakuryu. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Aloha. This is Luna. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for listening. Ja matane. And this is great. Hope you guys have a wonderful day and we'll see you back here next week. Bye bye.